Welcome back to the Middling Manager Hub podcast, the go-to resource for managers navigating the challenges of leadership. I'm your host, Steve Westover, and today we're dipping our toes into the delicate art of engaging difficult conversations with your employees. Have you ever put off fixing a strange noise in your car, only to regret it when it finally breaks down? Well, in the world of management, avoiding difficult conversations with employees can have a similar effect. It might seem easier to sweep issues under the rug, but in reality, delaying these conversations can have dire consequences for your team and productivity. To help you tackle these challenging talks, we've compiled some crucial rules and tips from experts and resources to guide you through the process. So let's start by discussing the benefits and drawbacks of engaging in difficult conversations with employees. The benefits of difficult conversations include, one, resolution and growth. The most obvious benefit is that addressing issues can directly lead to resolution and personal growth for your employees. It provides an opportunity for them to improve and align with company goals. Two, improved workplace environment. Resolving conflicts or performance issues can create a more positive workplace environment where everyone feels valued and heard. And three, preventing escalation. By addressing issues promptly, you can prevent them from escalating and becoming even more challenging to resolve. However, it's essential to recognize that there are also some drawbacks to having these conversations. One, emotional impact. Difficult conversations can be emotionally charged for both the manager and the employees. They can lead to stress and anxiety. Two, resistant employees. Some employees may not respond well to criticism or negative feedback, which can lead to resistance and potential disengagement. And three, time-consuming. Engaging in difficult conversations requires time and preparation. It's hard, and it can take you away from other tasks and responsibilities. Now that we've covered the potential benefits and drawbacks, let's dive into some essential rules and tips for handling these conversations effectively. Rule one, conquer your fears. For most people, conflict just isn't fun, right? It's stressful and it's natural to have tried to avoid it. The fear of conflict is natural, but remember that difficult conversations are most often about helping employees grow, not just about pointing out mistakes. Approach these talks with empathy and genuine desire to improve the situation. Rule two, do your homework. Preparation is key. Gather evidence, facts, and documentation to support your case. This not only makes your argument stronger, but also shows your commitment to your employee's growth. Anticipate the reactions and arguments that may be made to justify bad behavior or deflect the issue onto another individual like a coworker. By doing our homework, we can be ready for these predictable responses. Rule three, be positive. Set a positive tone for the conversation. Avoid using language that suggests punishment. Frame the discussion as a coaching dialogue, offering solutions and resources for improvement. Sometimes it might feel very difficult to find ways to keep a conversation positive. Sometimes behaviors and attitudes have digressed so far that it's hard to remember the good times. But there must be some good, somewhere. Even if we have to hearken back to days long gone, chances are good that the individual you're coaching behaved better or performed better at some point in the past. I mean, they work here after all, right? Sure, try to keep things as current as possible, 
but it is a very rare case that we can't find something positive to say. Rule four, leave your emotions at the door. Keep the conversation fact-based and avoid emotional language. If emotions run high, consider pausing the meeting and rescheduling when everyone can approach the discussion more calmly. I once had an employee walk into my office the day after he received his annual review. He was angry about our prior discussion. Although his review wasn't a surprise to him, he walked in, flung the papers onto my desk and said something to the effect of, fix this, and then walked out. I felt my ire rising, so I elected not to say or do anything about it in that moment. I allowed myself time to calm down, to think rationally instead of emotionally about his provocative behavior. By the end of the day, I had scheduled a meeting with him so that we could sit down and talk about his behavior. Rule 5. Find the right setting. Choose an appropriate location for conversation, depending on the seriousness of the issue. Ensure that the environment is comfortable and conducive to open communication. I scheduled our meeting for late in the afternoon the next day in my office, behind closed doors. I wanted to provide him some privacy to speak his mind, yet I didn't want the entire office hearing the conversation. I invited his immediate supervisor to attend the meeting as well, though less participatory and mostly as a witness to the proceedings. Rule 6. Get a witness. In more serious cases, consider having a witness present. This provides objectivity and ensures that both parties are clear about their roles and responsibilities during the conversation. In my example, while I felt confident in my approach for the meeting, I recognized that having a witness present would be beneficial for both myself and the employee. In a sense, the witness served as an objective mediator to keep everyone on their best behavior and to be an unbiased note-keeper of the proceedings. Rule 7. Be consistent. If employee A receives coaching around tardiness for being late three days in one week, employee B should receive the same feedback. Don't play favorites. Everyone can see it, it looks bad, and it destroys trust. Rule 8. Keep it confidential. Handle conflicts discreetly and only involve those directly affected by the situation. Be cautious when employees come to you confidentially, as you may need to take action or speak to others based on their disclosure. This just makes sense, guys. We're all familiar with the adage, praise in public and correct in private. The intent is not to embarrass anyone or shame them into changing their behavior. Those emotions are negative motivators. The intent is to reason with the individual and reestablish a level of respect that will be long-serving in helping the employee make the needed corrections. As a manager, we must be worthy of our employees' trust. It's inappropriate, of course, to talk about other employees or gossip about them with others. Not only would this gossip damage trust with the individual being talked about, it would also damage trust with those we gossip with. Rule 9. Loop back to review the situation. After the initial conversation, be sure to follow up. Follow up with the employee to demonstrate ongoing support. This reinforces their accountability for improvement. Rule 10. Remind the employee that this is not a failure. It's important to see that each experience isn't a failure, but rather a speed bump on the road. If managers can see difficult situations in that perspective, it'll begin to be a source for positive breakthroughs. There's always something to learn from each situation, no matter how difficult it starts out to be. Sometimes an employee really messes up, but in many cases, the employee-employer relationship can be salvaged. 
if they're feeling like there is no hope in overcoming a bad behavior or a poor review, remind them that everyone loves a great comeback story, and their story hasn't been completed yet. So now that we've covered these crucial rules, let's move on to some positive examples of how immediate and positive coaching can improve performance. Picture an employee who consistently falls short of expectations. Instead of ignoring the issue, as a manager, you can decide to have the conversation. But what does this conversation look like? Prepare for the conversation. As a manager, you can take the time to prepare for the conversation, gathering data on the employee's performance and identifying specific areas for improvement. Remember, harping on the negative rarely works. The person just ends up feeling beaten down, insecure, and thinking about other jobs. Instead, talk about what the person wants from their career. Create actionable goals and hold them accountable with regular check-ins. This shift shows them their work is being noticed, which can turn a potentially negative situation into a positive one. Two, ask for their perspective. As a manager, you can ask the employee for their perspective and what they need to improve. This collaborative approach empowers the employee to be a part of the solution. Number three, Embrace healthy conflict. As a manager, you can embrace healthy conflict, focusing on open and honest communication to achieve clarity and forward motion. And you need to be honest about your employee-manager relationship. It takes trust, time, and commitment to shift behavior. If the manager and employee don't have the fundamental trust in their relationship, it'll be hard to have the breakthrough conversations. One simple thing managers can do is be honest about whether the relationship with their employee is in a place where a breakthrough can even occur. If not, work on the relationship and building trust. Four, take a coaching approach. The manager can approach the conversation as a coaching session, listening actively and asking questions to uncover potential solutions. Keep in mind, coaching is not a negative word, quite the opposite. An athlete who receives regular feedback, positive and negative, is being provided tools to get better. I never get worried if I'm being coached. I'm worried if I'm not being coached, because what does that mean? It would mean, one, my coach doesn't think I'm willing to be coached, or two, my coach doesn't think coaching will help. While it's true that a coach needs to have some level of expertise to coach others, a coach does not need to know everything. It is more important for the coach to build a relationship with a coachee so that they can work together to find solutions. Five, listen without judgment. As a manager, we can listen without judgment, understanding that conflict resolution is not easy, but it's worth the effort. Have you ever had an employee ask you a question that you thought, wow, that's a really terrible question. You should already know that. I'll admit I've thought that several times, but I've never said it. And I work on my poker face enough to avoid having my nonverbal cues communicate that message because Even if I'm asked a question that the employee really should know, I'm thankful that he's asking. The question informs me about the level of understanding that I may have incorrectly assessed, or maybe I've incorrectly assessed my own teaching ability, thinking I've explained something clearly when I haven't. Having said that, listening without judgment can be difficult, and sometimes it may be necessary to redirect an employee's question. Are there resources like policies and procedures or an operations handbook or even an office intranet search engine where an employee may be able to find answers for themselves. Instead of answering the question that is asked, 
it may be appropriate to teach them how to find their own answer. This will benefit both you and them. Six, ensure clarity on both sides. Communication is key, and the manager ensures that both parties understand each other clearly, breaking down the situation step by step. Let's return to my example of the employee who tossed his review onto my desk. Was his behavior appropriate? No, it wasn't. And that behavior needed to be addressed. However, me getting mad about it would have served no purpose. We were not on the same page, and it was critical we come to some agreement and clarity about both his review and his behavior after the review. Something needed to change fast. In our meeting, I asked him to explain to me why he was upset when in our review conversation he seemed to agree and accept the review. Essentially, he had the chance to tell his side of the story and speak his piece. I explained my position and reflected back to previous coaching sessions and reviews that led up to his annual review. There was consistency. The same issues were discussed in the review we had discussed previously. He agreed with my assessment of the process and didn't even disagree with the correctness of the review, but this is where he was able to express his larger concern about career advancement, and through that we gained some clarity on that topic. We then discussed his post-review behavior, and I expressed why I found it inappropriate and counterproductive to his desires for career advancement. I spoke honestly. He spoke honestly. The meeting wasn't all kittens and lollipops, but the conversation was civil and direct. We both understood each other a little bit better afterwards. 7. Bring up the organizational why. By aligning the conversation with the organization's goals and values, a manager makes it easier for the employee to process and engage positively. As strange as it may sound, as individuals, we don't always recognize the significance of our impact on others. We don't always understand how the things we do and say, or don't do and say, or how our attitude, or level of production, or tardiness, how all of those things impact our coworkers, our team, and even the enterprise as a whole. Sometimes we as individuals focus so much on our own circumstances or production stats that we can't appreciate how our performance affects others. As a coach, we can help our teammates recognize how important they are to the larger team. For example, a hitting coach may try to help a softball player with her swing to improve the individual batting average or slugging percentage. But when that coach can inspire the individual to work for the good of the entire team, and that hitter understands her importance to the team, great things can happen. So hopefully these examples show that difficult conversations when approached with empathy, preparation, and a coaching mindset can lead to positive breakthroughs in employee performance. Even at work, we're all people with complex emotions and different viewpoints. This can mean unresolved conflict or it can mean positive resolution. The best way to get to the best outcome from a difficult conversation is to understand all of this. Come into the conversation with consideration of the emotions that may arise and try to understand all points of view before pushing towards a conclusion. Remember, as a manager, your role is not just to identify problems, but also to be part of the solution. Difficult conversations are a crucial tool in your leadership toolkit. And that's all for today's episode of the Middling Manager Hub podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights into the art of engaging in difficult conversations with employees. Remember, it's not just about addressing issues. 
It's about fostering growth and creating a more productive and harmonious workplace. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, continue leading with purpose and empathy, building an empowered workforce for tomorrow as you tackle those difficult conversations with confidence. Ew, gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. Because it stinks, boys. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Tell me why. No, you tell me why I can't get rid of this odor. Have you tried Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Wow, it worked, guys. Yeah. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products.